to the Daily Patch Podcast, episode 343. I almost heard 344. 343. Uh, some of our top stories this week include Summer Game Fest happened. Do you guys all watch Summer Game Fest? Yep. Yep. I forgot I forgot to introduce you guys. I'm all off my game now. Matt or, or Adriano got us got me rushing and missing so, my uh my cues I'm here. S- I'm sorry. I'll 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 leave. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> That's Adriano Petty. Hi. Uh Tim Spence is with us. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard an introduction <laughs> like that in my life. <laughs> the best episode yet. This is top notch. This is this is yeah. our this is our portfolio episode right here. <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to be as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> And Matt Lawrence is also with us. I am. Okay, top top stories include Summer Game Fest. Did you watch Game Fest? Yes. The, that's, yes. Which one was today? The, the There was coach. a Game Fest thing, but it was like a Tribeca spotlight. I think that no, they, I, I watched the, I also watched the, the Koch coach. Uh, <laughs> you watched I, that? I, what, I, what heard it, I heard it pronounced as Koch. I don't know if that's right, though. I and, and every single game developer they interviewed was from a different part of the world, so their accent and interpretation of the word also changed on it. Okay, so there's no consistent. There's no, there's no consi- Yeah, absolutely. So mystery, mystery studio, mystery company. <laughs> How was that though? I've I've never even really heard of Koch. Uh, and so it seems to be like a new company that has umbrellaed itself over a bunch of uh, developers that had they have either already owned or they have or they have purchased um and they seem to be really pushing their branding like i think they want to be like a it was almost like a like they want to be a recognizable major name like blizzard or ubisoft or bethesda and they they wanted to have like a major recognizable name and i found and they were they would this this the rep i can't remember her name she was even Jeff Keighley was in on it too. He was co-hosting it, and they would they would talk about a game, interview the developers awkwardly over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> then it would go back, but every single interview that this person did with each developer, the last question was always the same. They're saying, "What benefits or what great things are you guys experiencing now that you're under Coach Media?" Oh, it was like, so yeah, it's a big PR thing, pretty much. And then they all had to give like clearly the same pre-approved answer of like, oh, they're giving us the freedom and the resources to kind of thrive and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is, uh, this is, it's got a bad taste in my mouth, but. That's awkward. Yeah. I find a lot of the uh, CES presentations are like that too, when like Sony will bring out like a partner and they'll be like, "What? How, what's it been like working with Sony? And yeah. They'll try to get them to really talk up the companies and stuff. Well, Man, you guys have been a fucking pain in my ass, right? <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, there's a good um, uh, Tom Hanks bit where he is just ripping on Sony at CES. I think it was. Look it <laughs> Tom, up. It's it's pretty Tom fantastic. Hanks of all people. <laughs> yeah, he's just ripping on them. It's it's so good. <laughs> I, I think there's something like uh, Sony cameras are used all throughout Hollywood, and he he says off to the side like I've never I've never seen a Sony camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bunch of dirty liars. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff like that in there. It's really funny. Oh wow! Look, I open up the uh, I open up the the layout page, and it shows you two are also in here. Look at this. I also see you. Oh fuck! This is fantastic. Now, is it my little icon, or is it just AP? It's just AP. Uh, fucking Microsoft. Although I have an icon, but it, the icons you, never sync across Microsoft. Yeah. Devices, see, like yeah. See, like a lot. To do lost it the other day, and it's just I'm like I don't know. It, maybe it one. shares them. Maybe your your picture is somewhere else. 
Uh, all right, and then we just have a couple stories because we're also going to be talking about the Game Fest. Um, hackers obtained 700 gigabytes of EA's data and source code using stolen cookies. Uh, Xbox's Phil Spencer doesn't seem to like PlayStation's PC release strategy. And then finally, Deviation Games is a new studio that is working on a PlayStation exclusive. So uh, first off, what's new with you guys? A couple new games released. I don't know if any of you guys played them, but uh, what's new with you guys? I'm trying to look through my like library and think about what the most recently released game that I'm actively playing is. What was that one that was? Uh, it wasn't released yet, but it was in. I think it was like an RPG type. Ro- RoboQuest. Robo. Robo. RoboQuest was that it? Is that what you're thinking of, Ryan? RoboQuest. No, no. Some sort of fantasy game on on Steam, on PC. That's not released yet. It's um, it's in like a pre-release like phase. Oh, I don't know. But it's know. basically done or something. Oh, you mean um, Baldur's Gate three? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. It's technically not finished. But is that the um, most recent you've played? <laughs> I mean, if we're not counting early access games, uh, let's see, um, it might be. No, actually, I think Hades is. Does Hades come out before Baldur's Gate three? At kind of the same time ish, right? I'm looking at like my just it, like installed games, <laughs> but anyway, I haven't been playing Hades, and I haven't been playing Baldur's Gate three. Um. So Ryan, doing... so Ryan just made that whole thing up. <laughs> well, no, like because because I said like, oh, I can't think of what the most current game that i've played is uh that was the most current i could remember tim playing yeah that came out but that came out a little while ago already it's been like yeah. over a year now i think yeah they've put out major updates but still um but speaking of rebel quest yeah they actually i've been playing that and they just released their like summer update at the beginning of the month um so they totally overhauled it like all the all the different characters play differently now they've like overhauled their mechanics and stuff they tweaked some weapons they added some new weapons they added a new level and some new bosses uh, it's pretty fun, but I've pretty much done, I think, what I really can do in that game. Um, but I've already put, yeah, like 21 hours into it. So it's a good one. Um, aside from that, I've just been doing, uh, we played a little bit of Remnant from the Ashes. I've been doing that on and off with uh, with friends. Um, Raft as well, on and off. We we were playing some Raft together last, I very uh, much enjoyed Raft. last week. Raft is yeah, it's surprisingly good. It's, it's like good, yeah. there's like way more to it than you think there would be at first glance, um, which is a lot of fun. And then I started playing Kingdom Come Deliverance again on stream. Oh god, um, which is a <laughs> <laughs> which is like a medieval peasant simulator. Basically, <laughs> it's like the best way to describe it. It's an RPG. It's an open world RPG similar to your like Oblivion's and Skyrim's, but there's no magic. It's like very uh simulator mechanics heavy um you have to like get regular sleep you have to eat you have to um keep yourself clean if you want people to like respect you in conversation um tale as old as time you're the son of a blacksmith in a small town town gets ransacked by an encroaching army from a different country uh you your whole world gets turned upside down you go into the service of a lord to try to like get revenge on the the militant people that have ruined your life and killed your family and um i never actually properly finished it so i'm uh, i'm really looking forward to like properly going through the story this time and like hitting all the major story beats because in those games i always get just caught up in the side stuff you know 
um, which is still like quality stuff in this game. But I, uh, I want to definitely like see where the actual main story goes. How far did you get in it? Because I, I got to a point where they train you in combat. Mm-hmm. And then I did some stuff after that. There was a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, I got yelled at for that, and I think that's that was the one. last thing I did with the um with the one with the one priest. Where, yes, where you, that sounds familiar. You could go on like a night of debauchery with the priest in a lo- in like one of oh. the one of the one of the cities. Yeah. Oh He's no, like, I was like the night. I was a night guard, and I had to like tell these guys at a bar at like an outdoor patio to like go. Like they, because it was supposed to be like curfew, I think. Oh, okay. And then like some guy was like a lord or some some higher up, and he was like, "I'm not going." And then it just like turned into like a bar fight of sorts. Okay, yeah, I think that's one of the maybe it's one of the side stories in the first like big city you go to. Okay, because you you kind of start out going to a couple of like smaller places like, um, there's like a fort called Talmberg, and then you go to uh, Rate. Which is like a fairly big city, but then you go to the biggest city, which is Sasau, that has like the monastery and stuff too. And I think that happens in Sasau, but that's like, I mean, you can go there right off the bat. That's what's kind of cool about the game is you you aren't like restricted from going anywhere, but it's one of those things where like you kind of have to follow the story to get any, you know, amounts of quests like available to you once you uh, progress through the story. But I think I got, and this is just guessing, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I got about halfway through the main story when I played it last. But I was also getting really caught up in the side things, and that file, I think, has like 60 hours of playtime on it. Jesus. It's, uh, if I just do, if I try, just like focus the main story, ideally, I should be able to get through it in less than that. But, um, it's, it's a fun one. And like, it's one of those games where, like, if you're familiar with, um, chivalry, like the combat style where there's like the attacking and blocking from different directions. Um, that's what the combat's like. And uh, it's it's pretty brutally unforgiving too. So like if, you, if you're just like going through the, the forest or whatever, I was doing this thing at the end of my last stream where I was playing it, where I'm going through the woods, I'm trying to find these um, these songbirds. So I'm like leaving traps where I hear them and then moving through the woods and following this path and, you know, doing stuff like that. And then I'm walking down this road and then there's an ambush by a bunch of like these foreign uh like military people that are just like ambushing peasants on the road and so i'm like oh fuck i'm only level like three i need to run because there's like four of these guys and i'm just gonna get overwhelmed and uh lo and behold like they just when they're on you they just like stick to you like there's no chance to run unless you have like a horse or something if you're fighting more than one enemy they just like it's it's not like other games like like batman or assassin's creed where it's like you're surrounded by enemies but they only attack you one at a time so it's like all right i'll just counter you and dispatch you and counter you and kill you and counter you and that sort of thing it's like they will all rush you at the same time and you're getting smacked up with maces and swords from all different directions and you're just getting destroyed so once you're um but it's cool because there's like a reputation level in it too, like depending on what you're wearing. So like if you're wearing nicer armor, lower level enemies won't want to fuck with you because they'll be like, oh, he's a really powerful knight. He's got really good gear. But if you're just like a peasant, they'll be like, I, I'm not afraid of you. And like, you know, you could be level 15 or 20 or whatever. But if you're just wearing like peasant clothes, then they'll think, oh, he's just a peasant. And they'll just be super aggressive. 
So it's it's kind of interesting because different characters react to you depending on like what you're wearing and like what you say to them and what your reputation is. There's a whole lot of like hidden systems in the game as well. I remember it being like super fun to play, but also like a game where I had to constantly drop saves because it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, this fight. Like, it's not a game in which I can confidently mm-hmm. or at least at the time I couldn't confidently go into a fight and be like, I should be all right. Like, it's yeah. definitely not one of those. It's one of those games where you 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 could go into a fight and get lucky and manage to take out these, like, four bandits, like, no problem. Um, but it's also a game where, like, if you don't get lucky and this fight gets dragged out, like, your stuff is going to get broken. You'll be fighting one bandit for, like, a long time because he keeps, like, countering you. And you keep, like, you're not, like, hitting him from the right directions and stuff. Or, like, he keeps raising his shield in time to block your attacks because he has enough stamina or whatever. Like, you might just not have the proper abilities or equipment to be able to, like, dispatch this particular group of people, right? So it's, it's, it is one of those games where it is a lot of, like, sort of like Dark Souls in the sense that it's 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 trial by error. And mm. uh, you have to, like, keep basically, like, throwing yourself against a brick wall until you finally crack through it. But, um... Overall, I would say it's not a terribly difficult game, but it is a hard one to get into because unlike other RPGs where you can pick up a sword and you're like perfect with it, you can you have all your abilities, you can use the sword, no problem. This game's not like that. Your sword skill starts at zero and it goes up to 20. And like as you level up, you get perk points and you can unlock new like combos and stuff like that. Um, But you also swing your sword slower. You use more stamina per swing and it's harder to block with it. So like, I feel like it's one of those games where a lot of people pick it up because they're like, Ooh, I want to play a medieval RPG. And then the combat's really sluggish and hard. And they're like, Oh, this sucks. I'm going to get rid of it. But if they stuck it through and like actually leveled up their combat skills, then they would realize that your, your character, not you, but like your character actually like gets better at combat as you do more combat. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a very like funny, game mechanics wise but uh yeah i don't know it's 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 one of those ones where it's so niche that it's kind of enjoyable just for being so weird and different i like it a lot it holds a special place in my heart man how about you uh did a little raft with you guys like i said doing the 76 like usual close to the end of the season uh i'm on or around level 90 I believe, and I uh, I've been doing more of that uh, Red Faction Guerrilla remastered. So um, this week I was kind of like I'm kind of getting further in the game. There's basically the point of the game is to liberate different districts. So I've liberated the second one as of last night, but I've been trying to get more uh, creative with how I take stuff out because I found out as I've been playing that the physics in this game and the destruction system are even more crazy than I originally thought. And it's just, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. So I was telling these guys, I nailed this because you always have to have a hammer with you. It's your melee weapon. And I nailed this one guy with a hammer and he hit like a concrete wall and it made like a perfect imprint of him, like where he got hit. Um, so it doesn't just like destroy the wall in like a random spot to be like, Oh, building is damaged. It actually like knows where it got damaged. Uh, I've been like driving trucks through through buildings. I've had like major accidents where like bridges collapse on me and stuff. So I'm just kind of getting that mercenaries <laughs> vibe. Like um, back, like I was actually telling you guys that like because I was doing the um, 
the last part of the second district last night when you guys were on 76. And I said to you guys that, you know, it'd be really interesting if they brought back mercenaries with all the modern mechanics. Now, I realize this game isn't necessarily the most modern thing in the world having, you know, it's remastered, but um, holy crap, is it like a ton of fun? Just because I, I was having a lot of trouble with the game, like um, even if games are kind of like easier, it just takes me a while to like pick up on stuff. I'm always like that, like I just have trouble picking up on new things. So I just couldn't get the vibe of what I was supposed to be doing. Like, am I supposed to be fighting with, with guns? Am I supposed to be using ridiculous weapons, but I don't have any yet? Like, I got this jetpack, which like, seems ridiculous, but, like, am I supposed to be using this to my advantage? And I just kind of wasn't getting into the groove. Um, and I didn't get many upgrades yet, but now I'm starting to get it. Like, uh, it's supposed to be just a really, or at least what, I, what I'm interpreting it as and what seems to be working is, it's just a really hectic game. Like, oh, you need to go into this town and destroy, and, like, destroy this building. So instead of me, you know, getting to the edge of the town, getting out of the car, fighting my way in, all the rest of it, I just drive the fucking truck through the damn gate through the damn wall, smash through the houses. <laughs> like, it's super, awesome. super fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Is that like Battlefield-level physics where you could just drive a fucking tank through a wall and, like, anyone inside is just screwed? Or It's probably more. Like, um, I have oh, a damn. video, actually, of, like, uh, I took over this mech, and this mech, all it could do is swing its arms, and I literally blended to the town. Like, I blended all the buildings, which are made of concrete, down to, like, little itty-bitty pieces. Like, it's, um, it's definitely, like, Battlefield-esque, but it, this game is, like, you're supposed to destroy everything, so as Battlefield will, like, sometimes resist being, like, certain buildings being destroyed, because, like, you can't have everything be, like, totally destroyed with just a couple grenades type of thing in an area. Um, I mean, you could, you could, <laughs> it'd be fun, but it'd be, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> I, like, I, I personally find like battlefield resists like a lot of damage sometimes, like you can do a lot of damage, but it like sometimes it takes a big hit. This game is just fucking ridiculous. Like, it's like, oh, this is a, this is a bunker. And I'm like, I wonder if this truck can drive through it and just smash right through the bunker. And then it, what I love about <laughs> it too, is like, if I go through a house, it doesn't just like, oh, house is damaged. And then the house collapses. If I didn't hit the main supports of the house. There's just like a truck sized tunnel through these houses. So I could drive back through them to like back up and take another run at it. Um, I've been like taking my hammer to like little like supports in the buildings and stuff to like because some of the some of the missions are just like destroy this building and it's not really a military hot zone. So I've been playing with the physics and I'm just like, oh, I'll take my hammer to this and like make it fall down and stuff like that. Super fun. Uh, So I'm definitely getting in the groove. Uh, It's a shame that Red Faction is no longer being worked on as far as I know. Because uh, I mean, there's another one after this called Armageddon, which uh, was not well received critically, and I don't know about users, like regular oh. players. But um, I mean, I'll be doing that eventually. But I'm having just a ton of fun with this game, uh, and it's fairly old, right? Like it's from like mid 2000s originally. I think so. Yeah, it's like mid. I want to say it's like mid 360. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. Okay, so that's kind of like late 2000s then. Or yeah, yeah, but it's like it's prop. Is it? It might be ten years old. I'm really not sure uh, on the original release. Um, that would be Red Faction Grill if anyone's looking that up. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just a ton of fun. And to be honest, like it really fits the. So I didn't really like it in the beginning. So the first the first game I mentioned before is like really, in my opinion, revolutionary for its time. And the story beats are just given to you in these little tiny little little cutscenes that are just kind of randomly scattered around. But more or less, a lot of it's actually through dialogue. And the game is just one big thing. Press new game, you just go. There's no missions. Second game is more traditional. So I kind of got used to that 
formula again because it's kind of common this era. Now, this game, Gorilla Remastered, is actually completely like open world. And I didn't like it. I felt like it was cheap. Like I was just sort of like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, just go here, destroy this, go here, destroy this. But me discovering the physics, having fun with it, and then discovering the um or like playing the missions, and the missions are very similar. Like it's very easy missions. It's like these people are trying to rise up in this town against the EDF, and the EDF have an ambush stage for them. Go kill them. And it's just really simple. And there's like these little quick cutscenes of like a very simplistic story that's being rolled out, which I originally interpreted as cheap. But now that I'm two districts in, I'm like, this is really just the first game again, which was the more successful, I believe, of the two. This is really the first game again, just open world and not linear, which is appreciated, honestly, because like, like I said, you can do some crazy stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a ton of fun. Uh, I'm having a blast with it. And uh, I mean, I'm sure I'll beat it. I don't know. Uh, I'm doing like one district ish a week. I don't know whether it'll whether they will get harder or whatever. I'm not in a rush, but I'm uh, I'm having a, I'm having a great time. And like, what kind of game is it? Where like, is it one you can just sit down and play for like 15 minutes, or like all or two hours, or is it something where you kind of have to dedicate some time to it? No, you can you can get in pretty quick. Like, it, literally the the formula is there's a district and it's in trouble. So you have scrap as currency and there's control. There's a control level. And basically, the EDF also has a presence. They have like a presence level. They're the enemies. And basically, the point of the game is to remove the e- is to do the missions. So it'll say like this district has four missions, but the last one is locked behind. The EDF has too much presence. So go like destroy the EDF buildings, lower their presence, uh, and it'll like and then you'll unlock this mission. There's also a control level. So the control level is will the people be defiant against the EDF? So as you level that up. Every time you do a mission, you get more scrap. You get like a multiplier at the end, uh, bonus reward from having your thing up. So to do that, you can do like side missions, like save some hostages, blow up towns that the that like the EDF or that the the red faction is actually attacking. And what's cool about it is I don't know if, I don't know if it's directly impacted, although it appears to be, but I haven't like looked up the mechanic. But as they as you gain control in a sector. They'll be like, you know, miners like working away. They'll be like mining the surface of Mars and I'll smash into the base and they'll notice it's me and they'll rise up and attack the EDF with me. So it, like hmm. their their AI is pretty dumb. Like it's not the greatest. It's 360 era, but like it's super cool to see that. And like I think their uh, their tendency to rise up with you is related to the control level, which is super cool because if they rise up. And then the EDF kills them, or if I if I kill them, or whatever, if they seem to die in some way, uh, then you lose some control in some instances because it's like, oh, they're like the people are demoralized because they rose up and then they like somebody got fucked basically. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a really simplistic game. Pick it up, pick up and play. But there's a lot there for like Red Faction fans. You keep saying EDF, and it makes me think of that game Earth Defense Force. <laughs> which is just like completely ridiculous which is the same name that's what edf means in this game too (laughs) oh there you go yeah but yeah that's uh uh, that's me adriano hi yes uh, yes gaming and not well not not gaming related but oh okay uh, just um well, when it comes to the gaming stuff, um, I played some, you know, Hearthstone and all that stuff. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. wild. I know, huh? Um, 
Where the fuck did uh, I wrote stuff down because I don't remember. I I played more of Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I thought I was gonna. F- I did finish the main game. I'm on the Jack the Ripper DLC now. Uh, I want to get through that. Um, I played some Sea of Thieves with you guys last week. Um, did some Overwatch with you, Ryan and Marty. I technically played Star Trek Online, but all oh, I did yeah, was I did make want to a- ask about that. What does I, that mean? <laughs> all I did was make a character. I didn't actually oh. play anything. And then the 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 frustrations with the character creator made me want to start a character creator review YouTube channel where I review just <laughs> character creators because it was so fucking dumb. That's really funny. And probably I, I not a terrible idea. Make, yeah. That's the thing. I think a good character creator in a game is a very under appreciated feature. Yeah. So like, my my frustrations with this one specifically was there were there are two versions of of the character creator. You can go basic or you can go advanced. And going basic, I found a bug in it immediately. It would only like uh it would even though you're highlighted on the one you want to pick, like a drop down, it would immediately nudge it to the one to the right. So let's say you had like skin tone. Uh you know, light, medium, and dark. I'm going to call that. But you want to you want to click light. It would when you click light, it would go to medium. And then if you wanted to go to uh, medium, it would go to dark. Um, and then you would always have to go to the one to the left to get to the one that you wanted to go. So I'm like, all right, this is a fantastic bug already in a character creator. So I went to the advanced screen, and then they they're having like bullshit issues like you pick your height okay i'm gonna pick my height five eleven. but then you go to the proportion section of like your legs and your torso and your neck and then you can you can adjust that but then it makes your character taller and shorter but it doesn't adjust the height so it's like okay i can fuck around with these dials but now my character's taller but then i go back to the the height it still says 511 i don't know if i'm actually 511 anymore like i don't know if that's an accurate no, representation no. it's like how people so, would make those like characters with insane like features on in the oblivion creator where like different sliders were changing things in other sliders but then you go to those other sliders and then you could like extend them yeah. even more and just go back and forth between two sliders and just make yeah. things extreme yeah and then and then so, and some of them were getting so detailed and so mind like the minutia of it was just insane where like it didn't even i didn't even see a difference i'm like and then the character creator itself it didn't help that it was just on a plain background like i couldn't i couldn't compare to anything it was just like i have no context for what this character is going to look like in game so i said fuck it i named the character by the way one of my major complaints about character creators is the fact that you can't change a character's design after it goes in the game and i and i this i think is a question for aaron because you know he's in game development and i don't know if it's a rendering issue but i feel like you should be able to do it because a person is not the same proportions or the same look their entire life and a person (laughs) has a right to change their look so it's weird that you have to lock yourself into a design i want beer belly dlc gotta play gotta play fable man god damn so i i i made my character human male I think I, I think I mentioned this to Ryan earlier. I go, I loaded up the game, and he fucking looked alien to me because up against <laughs> everyone else, it did not look normal at all. He was he's lanky, he was tall, like he had a Saru from Discovery look going on with his arms, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to immediately delete this character and do it again, and I didn't get around to it because um, my brother and I keep on. We want to schedule Monday nights to play, and I haven't gone around to a character that i like so i have to get that done um but 
I'm going to probably June is going to be a, a weird month because I not only is E3 shit happening, but the 2020 Euro Cup is happening. It actually launched. It started off today with Turkey and Italy. So now I have three games a day to watch. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. And like I, I already <laughs> at work, I already like told everyone, I'm like, I'm going to be having these on my monitors all day. Like this is going to be a thing. And <laughs> I, t- I told the, I told the calf at work, I'm like, if you can change the TV channels to TSN and CTV, that would be <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> How long do <laughs> like, the, uh, the matches go? Uh, 90 minutes. Okay. Um, so and that's a hard 90. There's a very, there's, they go a little bit of injury time, maybe 94 if you're lucky, but, um, so I, I have to juggle that. I have to juggle E3. Um, um, and then on top of that, I am aggressively house shopping and I think I'm going to list my current place to sell. So I have to deal with that for the next month. Um, but you know, besides the stuff that that I list, I that uh, I listed, I played. Um, you and I, Ryan, we also finished the main campaign of Borderlands Three. Just in time for the new Borderlands. Well, we, you and I, need to go into negotiation talks about the DLC. We need to negotiate. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, we we'll have to figure out if this is happening. But what I did was, I went and for fun, I pulled. Because because when we when we started playing Borderlands, I I we were originally going to play with Marty, and then Marty bailed, and we're like, okay, we'll we'll do it like this, and and was that like two much, years ago when Marty yeah, bailed? So, Marty bailed two fucking years no, ago. Oh, hold on, so I have the dates in front of me. Uh, what? And and what I, and what I did was I'm like, this is going to be hilarious because I, if we're going to play at Adriano speed, I want to see like our start to end, and I went and I and I and I just calendared our, our play sessions and we did 11 sittings of the game. We sat down 11 times. <laughs> Wrote this down. Oh my Be- God. Between <laughs> June, 2020 and the end of May, 2021. It took us a fuck? year <laughs> to, finish, to finish this, this game. And on, it was on average one sitting a month. I mean that's not that's not too bad. That's was, not too bad. Yeah, because like one in June, it was actually two in uh, yeah one in June, one in July, two in August, none in September, one in October, one in November, one in December, one in January, one in March, nothing in April, and two in May. Hey yo, actually that's so, not too bad. But it's just it's just funny because like I know how fast and how how often Ryan plays games, and it's just like we did like an Adriano speed of this, to, and our shortest. Our shortest play session of any one of them was an hour 45. That's the shortest we were in and out on any one setting. And our longest was uh, three hours and 15 minutes. And then everything else was in between. For a total of just, we were just shy of 28 hours. That's how long it took us to play this game. Not too bad. What's, uh, I don't want to know your review of Borderlands 3. I think I have the gist of that. What's your rev- what's your review of, of the Adriano speed of playing a, a game? Uh, uh, too damn long. <laughs> that was way too long. All right. Well, well, that I mean, differ wildly from like a normal playthrough, right? Where you just like go and you you do side stuff as you come along it. But yeah, you do... it, yeah, and 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 it was it was just it was just 
it took a year and and like i want you guys to know that is how long it usually takes me to get through a triple a title it's about a year and i and i'll i'll like they'll they'll be overlap and i may start another one or whatever but the last i think uh i think vampire or vampire whatever you want to call it i think that one took me about a year to play through is that a long game it's not a long game, but that's how long it takes me to play it. So like you also be- you were also doing something in game that was like you were trying not to kill somebody or, or trying not to kill people or something. You were doing like I, a harder was, playthrough. Right? I was trying to do the take the moral high ground. Yeah, which so involved a little bit more, but it definitely it, it just uh, was there an achievement for that, or is that like a just a no, no? It challenge? was it was it was a, it was an RPG. So I wanted to I wanted I just wanted to be a a good vampire, not as opposed to a. Yeah, man, get that method method acting going. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Now, other than that, that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, I I guess we'll talk about the DLC. We'll figure out what we want to do about that. Just in contrast, if if I like a game, I basically play it every day until it's beaten. Like a few few odd days, I won't play it. But yeah, you go you go for a damn rip every day. Just I don't know how you find the time to do that. It's not much else to do. (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess i don't know like i yeah I, it's just it's just for me i my saturdays are occupied and i work out every day and then like i'm 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 just doing other like house shopping stuff so it's just i have i'm finding less and less time to do anything that i want i have no, a book. no more spreadsheets that'll save you some time no more spreadsheets <laughs> no man i gotta i gotta i gotta do my spreadsheets um like like i strategically keep books different books that i that i've started in different spots like i keep one at my desk i keep one on my couch i keep another book that i that i've started reading at my desk at work and i tell myself on lunch i'm going to read that book and I just like I get so busy with with doing work stuff and personal stuff, even on work time, that I just I don't even get around to that. Like I just there's too much too much. That's to do. fair. I mean, like if there's things that you want to do, it's not like you're like, oh man, I can't play games because I have to do this other stuff. Like it's stuff that you want to do. Like you want to keep up with the the games and you want to keep up with mm-hmm. you know friends it's just, and family it, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just it's just the growing list of games that I want to play is just it's growing. It's. I'm never going to catch up ever in a million years. Well, uh, I watched a CGP Grey video on on time management, and it really kind of uh, uh, hit me that you have to sacrifice something, some sort of something that's taking up your time if you want to do something else, like so Microsoft find, Excel. So if you can't find time to read, you know, you have to cut down like an hour of playing games or something. Mm-hmm. And and I I know it's like it sounds like super simple that that's what you have to do, but I, I've never been like told that directly before yeah it's like one of the things you don't realize it until you realize it and you're like oh yeah that's totally true why am i not doing that right i i completely agree with it but just like mentally running through my week of like where do i shave off time and like i know what the biggest problem is is i'm actually i'm not gonna use the word problem the biggest thing is canadian tire like i spend (laughs) an extra 10 hours a week my saturdays mainly just doing another job and like if i had that day there's my reading there's my video games there's the movies i want but would you do that though like if you had that day i feel like you wouldn't fill it with that you would find something else to put in there i think it would take me a long time to get over the idea of not working there and i think because like because like the few the few weekends where i'm not there um 
I I find myself to be incredibly bored. Yeah, you see I, what I mean? You're not going to fill it with but, with no, the but, stuff that you want to do. But I think I think I need I think I think the day when I do put CT behind me, it's going to take me a there's going to be a learning period, but I will eventually learn to appreciate that time and then to work stuff in. But it's just now because I'm so used to working there on Saturdays that when I'm not there, that those rare Saturdays it's tough. But I think if I'm forced to take two days off in a row, then I will learn to do the things that I want to do. And like, I, I don't know when I would leave. There's, there's, there's rumors that my store might change over ownership. And that might be like the out that I finally need to, to say goodbye to that place. But it's just having, like, I give myself one day off a week. And right now that's just occupied with house shopping or, um other just hang out with because right now you know the world is opening up again so it's like oh, okay let's go and go for a walk in the park or let's go grab a coffee or whatever so yeah. what are you up to ryan well uh obviously mass effect i finished the first one i think i said that last week though uh, i started two been getting into that um and then i did a rash and clank rift apart today booted that up because a lot of people talk oh, about it it's yeah, a nice it's a I've ps5 actually... exclusive a so. decent amount of that. The beginning of that game so far, actually, just before this, I was uh, using the share play feature on hey, PlayStation with a friend. He was mm. uh, playing it, and I was watching him play it. It's really cool. Yeah, and uh, it looks incredible. Um, I did notice the motion blur is a little odd. Maybe I need to turn it off, or maybe I just need to switch over to the 60 frames per second mode. But like moving the camera was kind of really noticeable to me. How do you feel about games in the launch window that are just blatantly like, look at the power of this console look at all the effects on screen right now like they're not necessarily doing it to be like make this experience better it's like just showing off and like flagshipping uh i'm fine with it like i don't think that's what's happening here per se like obviously they have the different options i'm actually kind of against and not strongly but against the the options that are given um, I think they should just, if they want to hit 60 frames per second, ship your game at 60 frames per second and, and reduce whatever graphical power you have to to achieve that. You know, I just want to be given the experience and then experience it. I don't want to be tinkering with stuff and trying to figure yeah. out what's going on. I mean, I don't necessarily like mean that part of it where you can like choose between like graphics options on console right. or whatever. Like, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, like when you're doing the, the beginning of Ratchet and Clank, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the parade, and there's just all these like fireworks and confetti effects, yeah. and like all the enemies in the Super cities impressive. in the background, and all the characters. Like it is impressive. Technically, mm-hmm. it's it's very amazing, but like it just feels very, I don't know, or a showpiece. Not, not like fake to me, but just like oh, look at us fucking like circle jerking our performance right now. I don't know. It's like I feel like it doesn't age well because if you if you go to games like now. When like the PS4 and Xbox One launched, and you're looking at these games that were like meant to be like a spectacle, but they came out in 2014, and now it just looks like shit, right? Well, it doesn't look like shit. It looks okay, but it doesn't look like incredible. But they're just like making a big deal out of it, right? If that's what the beginning of Ratchet and Clank felt like to me, and not that it's necessarily like a bad thing, I just it's just a weird thing that I it's it's odd that it kind of irks me, but it does. It's just like I don't know. I'd rather they just focused on like good gameplay than being like look at how pretty our game is 
you know. Well, th- thankfully though, the, the game is as it's as still the really good well. though. So yeah. it's a bad example, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, um, Killzone uh, Shadowfall kind of falls into that <laughs> camp where oh, they really push yeah. the graphics graphical limits on that thing, and the rest of the game wasn't as good. Uh, it was literally just to sell consoles, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I think other than that, uh, I'm having trouble actually with the Call of Duty season pass on on mobile because uh, I don't know if they reduced how much XP you earn towards the battle pass. But I have 18 days left until it switches over, and I have to do 20 levels in that time. And currently, like I have to play a bunch just to get a level uh, increased. So I'm going to be kind of trying to rip rip through that a bit as much as I can. Or you can pay, probably, right? Uh, possibly. I don't know if I saw an option for that. But I, I don't think I would do that. I'll make it. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. I believe in you, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Let's hop into the stories for this week. Um, yeah, Summer Game Fest. Uh, what was your overall impression? Uh, I think... Tim, did you watch it? I don't know if I heard if you watched it or not. I didn't watch all of it. I've seen I've seen like some of the highlights, but I didn't okay, watch cool. the stream or anything. Yeah, Adrian, Matt, what did, what did you guys think of the overall event? Um, uh, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, it's the first one I watched. Uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was like super amazing or anything. Just because I feel as though the spectacle of this whole thing is shadowed for me by Microsoft Bethesda. I think the whole the whole E3, like That's even Ubisoft is sort of like, eh, because like I'm I'm there for Far Cry six and like we've seen a bunch of it now. So now I'm just like I've pre-ordered and I'm in and that's it like for, for me. So I just think that Xbox is like a big shadow over everything for me. So I'm I am a bit biased, to be clear. I thought it was pretty well done. I thought I mean, there's not much you can do with just announcing games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they supposed to have? Like explosions and, and fireworks and dancers and stuff. Like, what <laughs> what else can you do other than just show off? The I games? mean, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I I just feel as though this like and and again, this is just my personal preference feeling. Is like the show was totally fine. Jeff did a good job. No problem there. Tons of games in there. That's great. I just feel as though the big hitter games. I know Elden Ring was in there, but other big hit, big, whatever, big hit games, whatever you want to call them. Uh, big hit announcements were like they're going to be reserved for the individual like manufacturers. So well, like it's Microsoft and such, right? Because it's funny because he's now kind of in competition with E3 to get these releases, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a separate entity now, um, and so it'll be interesting to see over the years if he starts pulling, um, pulling people away from E3 with their big releases, you know. Although they, everyone kind of like threw him a bone, for lack of a better uh, phrase, you know, like 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 Call of Duty was there, Overwatch was there. There were some big uh, brands there, but mm-hmm. just maybe not showing off what they're going to show off at, at their own events. But they were they were giving him things to show off, you know. Yeah, it's being it's being more legitimized every year, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as somebody who Ryan, who you used to describe it as like christmas to you how you how much you enjoy it yeah sure yeah Uh, so far i'm i'm like how are you getting your e3 itch from what you've seen or do you still need more like do you still need the traditional xbox press conference to before you yeah yeah no i think i think i still need those um but i think this game fest was was a good replacement um i hope it becomes multiple days you know 
Um, but I think he's he's still covering the the press conferences. Um, so that that might be something. Like, are are you guys going to watch like the individual? Like, oh, here's Microsoft. So I'll go to Microsoft's YouTube or Twitch. I intend or... on watching everything that was calendared in that I put in that calendar. But what for. I mean is, do you go to like their Twitch page and watch it there, or do you go to like Summer Game Fest and and he'll probably cover it all there? No, no. I usually try to go to the Twitch or YouTube channel, preferably YouTube of the of whoever's hosting it. So I will go to Microsoft's or Xbox's mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Um, to watch it overall though i think jeff's doing a, a pretty great job um he obviously does the game awards as well which has been getting better and better every year um, but let's hop into the game announcements uh the first big one was borderlands spinoff which is a fantasy type game and it is called tiny tina's wonderlands hell yeah now this also has a pretty crazy cast here uh will arnett andy samberg wanda sykes and then obviously ashley birch who voices tina uh, I felt like a, a movie trailer to me when they started doing that. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was interesting. <laughs> it was kind of like that. Um, I'm excited for Andy Sandberg. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting and, choice. And maybe who he's gonna even be Wanda S- <laughs> Sykes. I don't know how I feel about a Will Arnett. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't uh, know who half these people are, so... <laughs> You ever seen uh, what? you ever, you ever what? seen Rest Development? What? Yeah. Uh, Job. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, him. Um, I think he's a good pick. He's also Lego Batman. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty seen, good. Then I've never seen Lego Batman. He's also Canadian, Matt. There you go. Uh, anyway, this does. Uh, uh, they didn't really say what kind of game this was, but they kind of made it sound like it's not a Borderlands type game. I remember, like they were they had Ashley Birch hmm. there, and they asked her about it, and she said Borderlands fans will like get something out of it, but she didn't say like, oh, they'll they'll have to love it. I like, don't. It's exactly I, what they're looking for in another Borderlands game. I don't believe them. You don't, I don't believe them. I think I think I said to you and Marty, I said I don't think they have the creativity to not make it Borderlands. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do you do you craft in Borderlands? Because the beginning of the trailer is that guy like making a gun, right? On an anvil? Is it like yeah. do you do you craft in in the newer Borderlands games? Uh no. So maybe this is gonna be like a loot shooter slash get the materials together and craft stuff game. Well, because she she also did call it a, a, a loot it's a shooter. Shooter. Like yeah, she Oh did, yeah, because the guy made a gun and shot it, but like like the hmm. first thing we've seen of this game is a guy making a gun. That's new already. I think it might be a little more RPG. Mm-hmm. Which which is hopeful. Like I would be really really up for that. Um, again, I just I just don't I just don't believe them when they say like if it's if it is the same development team, the core development team of Borderlands, and we've had four Borderlands games with little to no, uh, uh, like Borderlands Two was great. Borderlands pre sequel was you know straight to DVD esque. <laughs> And then Borderlands Three was just like, okay, guys, this is super stale now. We, like, you really needed to change this up. I, I, I really, really am what? hesitant to believe them on this one because they're making remember. Like, the D and D style like references exactly. and stuff with it too. I wonder if it's gonna be similar at all to like Tiny Tina's 
Um, I, like the DLC Assault on Dragon that, Keep. Dragon that, Keep. That, yeah. was, that was their inspiration. They said that's what that's what made them do this, was the just how well that was received and mm-hmm. how much fun they had on working with that. So, so. I wonder how much, like, systematically is going to be similar or if it's just going to be thematically and the, the mechanics are totally different. Well, it's it's still going to be a shooter of some sort. So I can't imagine it's going to be crazily different, right? Yeah, see, and that's what I think is. is anyway, we still have to see more. I'm not. Uh, maybe we'll see more at the Gearbox uh, conference. That is uh, the Gearbox conference, according to. Um, I don't know how to get to that. Uh, when is the Gearbox conference? I got gotcha. you. One second. It's somewhere. It's it is located in our calendars. That's what I'm looking at. It is <laughs> 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern on June 12th, oh, 2021. CTV. Tomorrow. Okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's, uh... Someone got that whistle for CTV. Oh. Whistle? What? That's what CTV does whenever they're oh, like jingle. on CTV. So, so by 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 time this goes up, it would have Gearbox would have actually happened yeah. yesterday, yeah. Uh, because also Ubisoft would have is also yesterday, and all the good stuff's happening. And while we're Devolver away. Digital, and then oh. by time this goes, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> by time this Jeez. goes up on Sunday today would have been the Xbox Bethesda Square Enix Warner Brothers PC Gaming Show and Future Game Show. Ooh-wee. As well as the England Croatia game Austria versus North Korea. <laughs> here. That's the wrong kind of gaming. Ukraine. I I have all my calendars layered on top of each other and it's just <laughs> fucking packed for the month of June with just everything. Uh by the way, I'm just getting these uh this list of games from GameFest from uh, Kotaku and there's like this read more like section where you can view different articles <laughs> and one of them says oh so Mass Effect forces me to kill an innocent Solarian what well what? Mass Effect <laughs> it's like Easy. it's like they're promoting other articles in, in oh in I see I was gonna say I don't uh, remember Mass Effect at this thing no. anyway uh, moving on uh, Matt you seem to know this game Metal Slug yeah they're, they got a new game here called Metal Slug Tactics uh, I a mean, tactical RPG with roguelike elements. Oh, cool! Do you remember? Is it still? Is it still like the two D style gameplay Metal Slug? I believe so. Two D isometric, I would kind of say, because it's yeah, it's like oh, yeah, that's Metal right, Slug yeah. that I'm familiar with is like a side scroller type game. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like a military game, like drive little tanks and stuff. And still, yeah. like to this day, probably some of the best pixel art animation in any game ever. It's really good. Metal it's Slug really, is really a good. beautiful game. Even like the '90s animation, like cutscenes, look pretty cool in this. Oh yeah, it's wild. Uh, this was an odd one. Death Stranding director's cut. Yeah, I. I don't to, know what this is. I yeah. wanted to ask you guys, what the fuck is this? I don't know what this is. Well, here's my first problem. He owns the damn studio. <laughs> yeah, he is the director. I'm producing his cut. <laughs> that, that's what I was. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think this guy knows what a director's cut is. Like, he had create. It's his studio. It's his project. He had full creative control. Like, what is? That's what well. Is, some people were speculating like it's time constraints online, and people said like, oh well, but what time constraint can he not meet? Because he just to pick the time frame and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but he can still set a goal for himself. And if he like wants to have the game out by a certain year, because if he's sitting there right and he's like, I'm not going to release this game until it's perfect. But he's already like teased it or whatever. He might feel like he set up an expectation for the industry 
that he wants to meet. Like he could be one of those people where he's like, I set a goal for myself. I want to reach it by that time. So I want to release this game by October or I don't remember when it came out. Um, He's like, I will do it no matter what. So that could be the reason why he's re-releasing this game with a director's cut with more content. Um, I also saw people online saying that the director's cut is literal and that they're cutting out all of the content that got in the way of the cinematics, <laughs> aka <laughs> all the gameplay. So it's just going to be so. It's just going to be, awesome. be I, 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 would, movie. I would buy that. Yes. So I'd watch that. The actual teaser was a Metal Gear Solid reference. Tons yeah, of Metal Gear sure. references. Yeah. For okay. Sure. Now, because at first I, I. Oh, I've only ever played the first Metal Gear game on PlayStation. Metal Gear Solid game on PlayStation. Well, I played the first Metal Gear on Nintendo and the first Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation, but that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I've ne- I I intend on playing Death Stranding again. It's on one of my it's on my magical list of things to play. Um, <laughs> but not having little to no knowledge of either franchise. Watching that for the first time, was there any indication, suggestion, possibility? That if he was able to get a hold of the license or a cooperation with Konami, that those two games could cross over. Like, is the are the worlds of uh, Metal Gear and, and Death Stranding accessible enough to each other that that a connection could be made in universe, or is it not possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the. The game is post-apocalyptic, so you could just have Metal Gear before the apocalypse. Yeah, and it's got equally amounts of weird uh, supernatural type things in both games. Oh, whales! Fucking you weird could just kind of explain whales. it away to Metal crazy Gear Five Kojima games. <laughs> okay, so they they could retroactively insert some bigger universe canon crossover. I, I think so. Yeah, they okay. could, I don't, I don't but I can't see Kojima doing it. Like Konami, he did not leave on good terms with Konami. That was a whole thing, eh? We don't know, really know what happened. I feel like he would be like, even if presented the opportunity, he'd be like, ha, 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 fuck you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, I don't know, he's a weird guy. Maybe Unless he bought it. Yeah, I don't know. They're not going to sell that. No, they would not sell that. Yeah, they would soon rather let it tank and burn to the ground. than They already did. Also, it's I called think... Metal Gear Survive. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did hear rumors of them remastering or remaking the first uh, Metal Gear Solid game, though. Hmm. So they could be trying to get something out of that franchise. Without Konami or without uh, Kojima, though, it's going to be it's not going to be good. It's not going to have the same soul. Yeah, there's a really good like touch of the camera and 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 acting that I think is only Kojima. You know, he fancies himself a a director, right? He wants to get into movie making. Yeah, but he's also said that how his exact quote was. How difficult can filmmaking be? It should be super relatable to game development. It's just like, no, buddy, it's super <laughs> not. You, those, those very little actually crosses over between the two. I yeah. don't know about that because, like, in the cutscenes, you you are filming a, 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 yeah. a movie. In yeah, that sense. The, the 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 composition of the frame, maybe, and that's 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 you know that's super important. But his pacing of telling a 30 plus hour story, like mm. you go to him and you say, you tell me a complete fucking story, character arc and everything in in uh, 120 minutes, that guy's going to have a hard fucking time doing it because he's going to be he's going to be sound testing 
every single thing oh, he's gonna be miking up the weirdest fucking thing in nature because he wants the authentic sound or whatever it's and, absolutely true yeah, yeah. And, and and the problem the problem with kojima is he has too much control over i'm like, okay maybe not too much control he has the, what he thinks is the appropriate amount of control over his project when a film director needs to relinquish control to his head like he needs to go he needs to let his sound his editors his art um, his writers do that and do come and, and present those options to him when he's going to try to take over those roles. And I don't think he has the people skills uh, and the the juggling skills to transition into film. TV show? As a producer, I think he's better off as a television producer for a long-form television series. Like, you give him 22 episodes of like a Fringe-esque or X-Files-esque series, I think he's better off at that. But a single movie, two hours? No, he'll he'll crash and burn. Uh, one interesting thing that Kojima said during this is that the pandemic has made him rethink the creative process. Uh, um, and, and I guess he is working on a new game or working on new something. And it's going to be somehow reflective of whatever new process he has developed. He watched so the I'm, Bo Burnham Inside special, and now he wants to do one himself. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> Inside the mind of Kojima, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just him and fucking Norman Reedus hanging out for like a year, <laughs> in like various and hotel rooms around the world. <laughs> Jeff Keeley, yeah, yeah. Uh, now another Jeff showed up. Uh, Jeff Goldblum showed up to uh, reveal yeah. Jurassic World Evolution Two. Yeah, that's now weird. I have I. I'm surprised about a second one of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know there was a first one. I like, like this could have been a brand new game to me. I had no idea. Like what is, what is Jurassic Park? Uh, I think you make a park and you. Revolution. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, um, what are those games called? Uh, like that, Zoo Tycoon. Okay. But it's for Jurassic Park. I played an old Jurassic Park one. Uh, the hell was it called? Genesis, Jurassic Park Genesis. And that it was exactly I, like that, that one. I remember, and I love the crap out of it. Is it it's, this new game, or even the first one, um, Jurassic World Evo- Revolution or Evolution or whatever? Um, is it is it uh, is it like iPad? Is it mobile? Is it console? Oh, is it PC? Uh, everything except for mobile. I don't think it's on mobile. But oh, it's I was just saying. I'm like I'm like if I PC if I had and a- console. I was gonna say if I had a pocket version of like a, of a Jurassic Park thing that I could open up and manage and decorate, there's an like, app for that. Like that would be fucking. I would do that, or at least I would say I would, and then I'd buy it and then never actually launch it. <laughs> the eternal curse of the of the video gamer. Um, a Korean MMO is coming to the West uh, through Amazon Games called Lost Ark. That looked pretty nuts. I'm, I'm I, I know nothing else about it, so. I'll just keep moving. Uh, new I thought you were going to say uh, Black Desert Online, which is that like insane. Speaking of character customization, it's that one oh, yeah. that like for years online was showing off like the insane character customization options and things. Uh, new trailer for Call of Duty Seasons 4. Uh, new cosmetics for Among Us, including, a, I think, a Jeff Keighley like mask or something like that. Salt and Sacrifice. Salt. Oh, yeah. Salt and Sanctuary 2. Is that, or Salt. Yeah. It's from the Salt and Sanctuary devs. Um, I guess we don't know if it's a direct sequel, but it's called Salt and Sacrifice. So it kind of sounds like a sequel. But that looked pretty neat. I yeah. like that. 
I never played Salt and Sanctuary. Any of you guys play that? Uh, nope. I, I bought it years ago, and I yeah, I, I tell myself. I think I have it, but I've never played it. Yeah. I think I bought it in like an indie, like or a humble bundle or something. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Oh, is this was this the one that looked kind of weird? The uh, Anacrusis. What'd you just call me? <laughs> was this that? Uh, this was like that Left 4 Dead type alien. Oh, that thing shooter. looks. That thing looks super bland and boring. <laughs> that thing did not look fun at all. Um. Yeah, it I'm not sure what to make of it. It looks super stiff. Like it just did not look like I like I don't know if that's supposed to be final or um uh but just did not look appealing whatsoever. I don't know, but uh <laughs> I've not funny because the aliens that. just look like human bodies that they just step a weird head on top of. Yeah. It, oh it, god. It, and it, and like the aliens didn't even look like they looked like they were character models that were missing the textures. Like, they looked like they were just absence of information that they just happened to fill in. Like it was, not, it, was we, it was weird looking. Like it didn't even. They're not gray aliens. They're just yeah. missing texture humans. Yeah. And then and then there was like all the same model. And then it's like they all looked the same. They all had the same reaction every time they were shot or whatever. And then they had one slightly bigger one at the end, but it was just looked like a scaled up version of the one that they had. It didn't even look any different. It was it was weird. I'm just going through the trailer. Oh, as I clicked on the website. Um, other than that, there was also Vampire the Masquerade, Battle Royale, Blood Hunt. What have, in the hell? I don't know what this franchise is. <laughs> Vampire Masquerade? It's like an RPG kind of, isn't it? Victorian era style. That's the most it? I've ever been told about it, to be honest. That, that on the Maybe surface sounds super appealing. I just don't know if... Uh... Yeah, one of my um, one of my friends is like really into it. It's a pretty old series now. I think it started like early two thousands, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, this one I thought looked pretty nice. I don't know if I'll pick it up or not. But it's called Planet of Lana. Yeah, it had a very nice art style to it, and it looks a little limbo or inside ish, mm-hmm. but not as not as not as dark. Nah, nothing dark about Limbo. <laughs> it's a fun, happy uh, game. And then we've got a little bit more Black Back Blood. And then I think the biggest thing they announced was Elden Ring, and Jeff oh, Keighley seemed pretty baby. excited for that yeah, one. Yeah, he was he fired was, up. He was he fired up. Yeah, he couldn't contain himself. He's been in journalist limbo for like so many, I don't even know how long. He's, not, he's known yeah. about it and couldn't talk about it. It was almost like Kojima showed back up. That's how excited he was. Oh yeah, <laughs> when he uh, when he cried or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim, what did you think about the Elden Ring trailer? Elden Ring, I mean, obviously looks fucking sick. The graphics were not quite as good as what I thought they would be. Well, you know um, what? Demon Souls set a high bar, and that wasn't even them. No, so there's so that. Blue Point kind of outshone them a bit. A little unfortunate, but I mean, the it's thing not important to the Souls, gameplay. Yeah, the thing about Demon's Souls is that it's it was more of a like compact experience, I think. I think yeah, Elden Ring is going to be huge, and so there's not as much of that focus on it. That being said, um, it really does look like Dark Souls 4 to me, mm-hmm. with a lot of the like character designs and stuff like that. It's very Dark Souls-y, 
which I mean, they did say it's going to be a spiritual successor to Dark Souls, um, just with the st- the story stylings of George R. R. Martin and the and the like, you know, very drip feed um, storytelling stylings of Miyazaki, right? But mm-hmm. um, it's it it looks really interesting. Like the gameplay for me looks really fun. It looks really solid. I'm I'm pleased with the reveal. Like people have been waiting on news for Elden Ring for more than two years now. I think. Yeah. Um, Let me. I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I can't really find anything to complain about in the trailer. I don't think. Let if you haven't seen you this, it, it's very you know. Let me ask you this because I, I asked Marty and Ryan this yesterday on chat. Dark Souls is to medieval. Bloodborne is to gothic. Elden Ring is to blank. Uh, medieval still, I think. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I said I looking at that, and uh, Marty kind of you know was like yeah maybe Ryan didn't seem so much. I said um, Elden Ring to uh, uh, angelic. Did it have a did no, feel, I wouldn't no? say not okay. not like the not like the godlike type stuff. I would actually probably say closer to like Nordic mythology. They got like a big tree in there and stuff. There's there's tons the tr- of the tree of life giving. Yeah, there's there's Sigdrasil there. There's a lot of like Nordic themings to it. Like the the armors like designs some of the enemies kind of remind me of, um, like the big creatures kind of remind me of Nordic things. Um, but I mean, it's George R.R. R. Martin, right? Like he, he writes a lot of, um, I would say European fantasy is probably his, uh, you know, fantasy European mm-hmm. settings, right? It's kind of his thing. So I can, I can see where that sort of, um, influence might come from. I'd have to watch the trailer again, probably, because they they threw a whole lot in there. There was a lot of scenes, a lot of shots, a lot of characters, a lot of showcasing weapons. Um, it just got me really excited for like, because uh, all all these games, all these from games, always include the uh, um, Moonlight Greatsword in some way or another, and I'm wondering in what capacity they're going to feature it. Because in Bloodborne, one, one of the bosses had the Moonlight Greatsword. Mm-hmm. In the Dark Souls games, it's a matter of like finding it or, or crafting it or whatever, right? Um, it's even in as far back as their like, PC games. I can't remember what the one was called on PC from like the late 90s. D- but it's, oh, no. Um, but it's even in that one, too. I'm pretty sure it's in Sekiro. And... Now Elden Ring, it's it's got to be in some some format or another, maybe so, it'll be like a side quest or something. So the because there are loose loose references to all this shit between the games. Same question to Death Stranding and Metal Gear: Is there a greater canonicity connection between these to the From games? I don't think anything's ever been confirmed, and I don't think anything from any game has linked it spe- like specifically to another game. But okay. if if they if there is a if there is a like a single event like a major event in all the games that they reference and they said and which pretty much says okay they are connected is that is that like oh okay or is there going to be a bunch of people saying no this can't happen because of this and this and this or like is it feasible or is it shoehorned yeah. kind of thing yeah is is it um I mean I think it's Dark Souls three that gets kind of 
timey-wimey bullshit with some references to, like, Dark Souls 1 and stuff. Like, the Dark Souls games definitely are connected, but they are in either different parts of the world or they're, like, the world at different times. Because in Dark Souls 3, you go back to, like, um, Anne Orlando, which is the big city of the gods from Dark Souls 1. Um, and you, you, you see recurring characters. So, like, that's confirmed. But I'm fairly sure there's no, like, references to other, to the other games in between. Aside I mean, from the fact that, like, the, I, like, for example, like, the, the Moonlight Greatsword is in all of them kind of thing. Like, that's the only connecting line that I know of. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a lore master of FromSoft games. There's probably something that could lead to it. But I, I, I would say I would be surprised if, if you know, From came out and they were like, oh, yeah, these are all, like, part of the same universe because of this. I would be surprised. Yeah, maybe it would have to be, like, another time thing. Kind of like what we said with um, Metal Gear and Death Stranding. Because, obviously, um, Bloodborne seems a little more advanced than Dark Souls. It's um, definitely later, like, but it could but also be like different universe type thing, maybe even. I don't know. But there's like there's what you're doing in Dark Souls has like worldwide ramifications in terms of like rekindling and stuff. And that yeah. just doesn't exist in Bloodborne. And so it's like either that had to have ended at some point in the universe mm-hmm. or the world. Um for Bloodborne to then exist, you know? Or it like resets or whatever. Like nobody that's the thing about Dark Souls One is that nobody knows what happens when the fire goes out. Yeah. So that's what the kind of like the struggle of the lore of Dark Souls 1 is. It's like, do we keep kindling the flame knowing that it's inevitably going to end? Or do we just succumb to the natural order of things? Um, and so that's kind of like, does that mean that everything is, is darkness and blackness after this? Or does that mean that like, time like the universe resets or whatever and now we can see you know bloodborne happen kind of thing yeah and the best thing about from software is storytelling is actually what they don't tell you it's everything is mystery in it yeah it makes it so much better they don't treat they don't like dumb things down or spoon feed things to people nothing is spoon fed to you you had had to find it if you want any lore and uh, what they do give you is like bits and pieces and fragments and there's so much mystery and 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 stuff that they just don't tell you um, that they might not even not, they might not even know, <laughs> you know. But That's I don't want to know yeah. really. They 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 give you breadcrumbs, and you can follow the trails of breadcrumbs between different characters. What you learn in dialogue from certain NPCs about other NPCs, what item descriptions talk about what characters and stuff like that. It's all a very like like piece the puzzle together type thing. And there's lots of stuff that just like is not even confirmed. It's like, Oh, this character like died when this event happened. And that event might only be mentioned once and nothing else talks about that event. And it's like, how the fuck could this be like a big event with major ramifications and nobody else is talking about it? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) Does that mean there was a cover up? Does that mean it was a lie and it didn't even happen? Like there's lots of little like theory crafting things like that, which was what makes it quite uh unique and interesting it's addictive too because like like you keep talking about it you keep researching about it and watching body videos i was uh, gonna say yeah you can just go down to youtube while watching all of vati's videos and yeah so i'm pretty excited uh it's an open world game which i think is new for them yeah it's it's always kind of been linear ish 
and I think they also confirmed co-op multiplayer is also involved. So that's that's always a good good sign yeah, for me. It looked like um <laughs> it looked like the uh the what are they called like the the um like su- the summoning style from the right. previous games. Yeah. Looked I like, like the- I like how in Bloodborne, like co-oping is part of the world. Like, there's a summoning bell. It's yep. not just like open menu, load game, invite game, load in player. It's like, oh, you actually have to go and find this bell. You have to ring this bell. The other player has to simultaneously ring their bell, and then like it just murders you together. Ring the bell of awakening. <laughs> uh, same with Dark Souls too. You have like these stones where you can write like summoning signs on the ground and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's what really is cool. it? What is it in um, Demon Souls? Uh, I think it's summoning stones again. It's isn't it? still, I think it's what still. What about yeah. um, Sekiro? Does Sekiro. not have multiplayer. Ooh. So I have not played that game. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> gotta, I can't make it through without. Uh, without I think, multiplayer. I think objectively, that's the hardest from soft game is yeah. Sekiro. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the summer game fest. I think it was uh, off to a pretty good start. I rather enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that's it. So we have two other store or three other stories here. We'll get through uh, pretty quickly. Um, first up is that hackers have obtained 700 gigabytes of EA's data and the source code using stolen cookies. This is a report, um, and we're getting this from GameSpot. Uh, so the publisher EA has been reached breached by a crew of hackers who stole 780 gigabytes of game data, according to Motherboard Report. The stolen data reportedly includes FIFA 21 source code and tools from the Frostbite engine, although EA said, uh, says no player data has was taken. A subsequent report states that the hackers used company credentials purchased online to trick IT support members into thinking they were employees. According to the initial report, the hackers have access to not just FIFA's 21, uh, FIFA 21 source code, but also the code for its matchmaking servers. And in addition to Frostbite engine tools, the hackers claim to have stolen proprietary EA frameworks and software development kits that streamline game making. Someone's getting fired. Well, I think it's just a... It's an oversight, right? It, what's uh, funny though is is going through the uh, IT, and I believe they um, they they pretended like they lost their phones or something like that, and got IT to give them like logins or something. That's hilarious. Uh, I think I was reading that. I don't see it here, but it's the it's the ongoing struggle between security, convenience, and like giving stuff out, right? Because if someone in your company legitimately lost their password. They call you need IT. A way to recover it. You can't be like, all right, well, you got to go to this. They got to like t- get on a get on a flight, go here, take a pic. You know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. Like you can't be asking for seven hundred ways to confirm that they indeed lost their password and that they are who they are. So you, it's just one of those things. Do you think this has potentially been made easier for hackers with the whole work from home stuff, where everyone has to have a some sort of yeah, that's plug probably into the that's probably the what it was. Yeah, like oh, we got another employee. Walked himself out. Uh, Maybe. I I think it's just I think it's just we use a lot of services now because every single time I talk to somebody in my industry, it's always like, oh, man, like I use this tool to compress my pictures and then I use this tool to like have people sign in and then I use this other tool and it's like, holy frick, like you went to three separate companies, you know, so there's so many like holes like there's so many ways opportunities and opportunities and different things like like for example we you know we have uh, a OneDrive share that we all use most of the stuff in here is like public because it's our show so we publish the words like as audio so who cares but 
if Adriano gets compromised, now he's in. Now, like, they can get something that Ryan made. You know, there's like, there's there's a bunch of, that's just the way it is. Like, it's, everything is online, so it's just, it's hard. Like, it's not an easy job. How do you find the right employees to, like, impersonate or something? Because won't, won't things be compartmentalized to some degree? Uh, if you're, like, if you're going to IT, for instance, you you probably just need those basic, like, keywords and like, cause like there are, there are whole departments and divisions of major companies like EA that just never interact with each other and just have no idea what somebody in the other side of the company does. So you if they just, out, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, find out just, what department you want to infiltrate, you go on LinkedIn, you find the person working at that company yeah. who has the most connections on LinkedIn and then you pretend to be them because they'll be yeah. like, Oh yeah, Jeff. Yeah. yeah I know him. Yeah, and 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 the person who has to do it is obviously going to make their day as easy as possible. They definitely don't want to do more work than they have to, so they see, oh, if I just have to do this, this, and this, get this ploy up and going again, let's just do it. I'll open a ticket, boom, 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 close the ticket, done. There's my there's lunch. Let's go. And okay. There's just yeah. Good. I I can absolutely believe that there's just like a part of a company that will just fast track whatever they have to to and not so, think about the consequences. Here's how it happened. It started by first buying stolen cookies belonging to employees for $10. Uh, and they used those to pose as the individuals in the company's official Slack channels. The hackers then requested a multi-factor authentication token to gain access to EA's corporate networks after telling IT support they lost their phones. This was apparently successful twice and led to access to uh, EA's network and the ensuing theft. It, it's just amazing. it's just one of those things, right, where, I mean, there's a policy in place. This is like IT will mm-hmm. have a policy like if person has lost phone, they must do this. And if they do this, then we'll give them the code back or they'll give them access again. If that policy ends up being problematic, it'll either get determined like now when there's a breach or it'll get determined during a security audit or as like another company gets hacked in a similar way. And then policies will change. But the thing is, is yeah. that like. There's a million and one ways like people are even saying, you know, you think to yourself, oh, I have two factor authentication on. So, like, I can't be breached, but that's not the case. People are saying, oh, there's better ways than two factor or, oh, there's ways to easily steal people's two factor. Like there's this this never ending. Like there's a reason why we're not just username and password anymore. Yeah. And like even Apple, Ryan, you sent me something where Apple was making some sort of pass key or something that was different than passwords. That's another thing. Right, where well, it, it was, it's another it was, thing you can do. They were just trying to get rid of having people remember your passwords because mm-hmm. obviously you forget them or whatever else, or they can I, be compromised. But your your face can't really be stolen, like a three D map of your face. You know. Let me tell you, as somebody who has a twin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really really hate it when I'm forced to change a password. I my work passwords yep. every three months. It's like you have to pick a new password and it can't be the same as the previous ones or any of the same had. as the last ten passwords. Yeah. Oh, and it's like okay, God. I'm like I'm like, you people want me to not like for this not to be compromised? This is how you compromise it because then I have to like write this down somewhere. I have to make note of this password. When I had a password system in my head, which worked for me. And now you're just now you're making it more difficult for me. That I fucking hate. I I almost won't make an account with like a service or something if it's 
if it doesn't let me do my password options that I want to do. Maybe they're the kind of people that are like, oh, how can they, like, get hacked if they don't even know their own password? How is it going to get stolen? Yeah. Well, the the pa- changing of passwords is uh, is a way to prevent or a way to invalidate data that's potentially leaked onto the dark web and sold. So if like you have a password one two three, which never have a password like that, but if you have a password one two three, and then somebody like hacks in, takes that, steal, like says, hey, I got you know Adriano's thing from this company, who wants it on some illegal auction? Someone buys it for a couple hundred bucks. Now they now they have access, right? But if your IT company you know comes in and they keep changing the passwords. And it's it, it's unknown to the hacker. It makes that information invalid. Yeah, but there are other things like like on top of me having a rotating password, I have to have a two step to to sign on mm-hmm. to work. It's like okay, guys, like I I completely agree with the two step. I have two steps on you know every other service, and I'm I'm willing to do that. But now, don't make me do a rotating password. But or then, let me, let but me then do you have so one weak in- gate, though. Like, like if you look at them both as gates, one of them is weak now. So then but, you have like a one and a half step. Yeah, password. but you know but what I mean. Ma- like, it's a one and a half. I can, I can, I can actually like, like I don't, I can pull it up. Like, I'll show you studies of, of people of people remembering their their set passwords and uh, people being forced to rotate passwords. And it's been it's been proven that like like rotating passwords is not a good idea because then you forget it. You have to have a reset password anyways, and then you just doing like a reset could be a compromise to that information anyways. But most it, people it, like nowadays are using password managers where you know one password, and then it auto fills a random password. I don't think most people are. A lot You're of like people one of the are, few people that I know that is. My, Almost my, everyone I know is does not use yeah, a password like, manager. My my brother is another person that, that uses a password manager, but like out out of like okay, I'm gonna use my my I'm gonna reference my family group chat of, of ten of us, and he's the only one in ten people that uses a password. manager. Probably most tech people, I should say, because I talked to obviously a lot of other people in tech, so that's probably where my sample size is. I also use one. Yeah, so there you go. But you're also like kind of a tech enthusiast as yeah. well, so like. But yeah, like I would say that that's like what the because it, it it's getting easier too. Like you use Microsoft Edge if you want, and they have a password but, manager and stuff like that fine. ready to I'm, go. I, I'm totally Chrome. I'm totally fine with them remembering the password, but they're remembering the password that I also can retain. They're not scrambling one for me. I'm totally uh, fine. I'm totally fine with what they they. But password managers can do that. They can scramble yeah, them for you. Yeah, yeah, they can. But like, I'm not. I'm not like. I can always go to my Microsoft account on any browser and punch in my actual password. I don't have to use like a password manager software to do a master password, which then is going to use a scrambled one. I can always go back to my basic one. Then I have to use my two-step to get in, which is which is exactly what I want. I don't want to not have to use it to get in. But I I, I would very much just like to have my password system and because i i have a password system worked out in my head which works out 90 percent of the time except for the few websites that have weird ass conditions or you know places like my work that make me rotate every three months 
It's like, okay, I guess I'm going to roll this digit back just one iteration and then and until I get back so far and then that doesn't work and I have to come up with a new subsystem. And it's like, okay, now this is how I'm going to fucking forget my password is because you guys are forcing me to put another one in my head. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, an EA representative said that the company is investigating the incident but assured fans that no player data was accessed. Uh, the representative also said that the company has improved its security infrastructure to prevent this from happening again. And is in the process of working with law enforcement to dig into it. So, good luck, EA. Hope you catch them. I mean, what else are they going to say, right? It's all just PR at this point. <laughs> Not much you can do. Uh, next story here. Xbox's Phil Spencer doesn't seem to like PlayStation's PC release strategy. This comes from GameSpot. In a press briefing, uh, head of Xbox Phil Spencer chastised other companies for their approach to bringing console games to PC. Although he never mentioned Sony or PlayStation by name, they seem to have been at least one target. As according to VGC, Spencer was critical of charging players twice to play games on multiple platforms. And he said, quote, So right now, we are the only platform shipping games on console, PC, and cloud simultaneously. Others bring console games to PC years later, not only making people buy their hardware up front, but then charging them a second time to play on PC. Uh, and of course, all of our games are in our subscription service day one, full cross-platform included, end quote. I I have to disagree uh, with him a little bit here because yeah, they're not same. forcing you to buy the PC version. Yeah. They're bringing their game to PC players who don't have a console or mm-hmm. aren't interested in consoles. Yeah. And he's talking as if Microsoft has never forced or not forced <laughs> but never made anybody buy an Xbox. Right. To yeah. play a game like I I love I love Phil Spencer and I love the I love the steps he's taking and the strides he's taking with Microsoft and Xbox but um this was just a needless shot across the bow which did not need to be done. Well, he's still trying to just just say like look at the value we're giving our consumers. We're which we're, is, we're providing which is it fine, on both platforms. But just the yeah, just now. the way that he's phrasing this doesn't does not uh as 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 somebody who's touting, you know, gaming unity and cooperation between platforms this well, he's still running a company here, though, who's who is um, in competition with with PlayStation, who is by the only metric we know currently winning. Um, so, so we start slinging poo <laughs> because business. No, but I think Phil Spencer's been really great for Xbox, and and I'm really happy with uh, his whole mentality on on competition in general. You know, he's very supportive of it, but is also trying really hard to put in uh, consumer friendly practices and such that's like a related note like i we were having this conversation last night where i haven't bought ratchet and clank because the price like the value i get from xbox game pass has ruined my game purchasing like 89.99 in canada for a game that might go ps plus next year that you know or whenever it might or become greatest hit or go on sale it's like one of those things where Game Pass has kind of ruined me in that way. Like, it's $89.99 plus tax to buy a base level game in Canada. And, so, and like, Adriano is a perfect example. We were talking about this, uh, I think, yesterday, Adriano, where if you just didn't buy games, you would get them for free at some point because it's happened so many times where you purchased a game yeah. and it ends up on some either free service or one of your subscription services. Absolutely. Don't say the word. I'll pull up the spreadsheet. It's fucking ridiculous. You got a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, the worst part about this is like, a few, like, I think last year on this show, I was saying that like I wouldn't mind paying $100 for games. Now the landscape has changed. Now Game Pass has given me such a big value that I'm like, eh, like, do I need to play Ratchet and Clank right now? Like, not really. 
do I want like and yet I like want PS5 games, but because I'm getting such a big value from the competitor, I'm hesitant because it's just like like this is a single player game that I can, you know, quote unquote, play any time. It's not like there's a time limit on my friends playing it or something. So I don't know what to say. Like, it's that's, it sucks, uh, but that's that's what I did with Uncharted 4. I just waited till it went to PS Plus or that PS. I think it's on that instant now collection or whatever. And it might be coming to PC. There you go. But I'll, I'll play it on PlayStation since I have it there for you now. I, I wonder if that instant game, that instant PS Plus collection, if I wonder if that's ever going to expire, if that's just in perpetuity. If I, if I should go in and claim those at the very least. Oh, claim them for sure. Definitely claim uh, them, yeah. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't trust them to last forever. Uh, well, I, I would hope that they would make an announcement, say, hey, we're going to expire these in 30 days. And then I would. Yeah, they will. And then 29 days after that, I would go in and claim them. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Jesus. All right, our final story this week. Uh, Deviation Games um, is a new studio that was actually announced on the uh, Summer Game Fest. And uh, they are working on a PlayStation exclusive. This also comes from GameSpot. Industry veterans uh, Dave Anthony and Jason Blundell also appeared on stage to announce a new studio called Deviation Games, which is currently working on a, quote, groundbreaking new IP exclusively for PlayStation. Uh, Anthony and Blundell both previously worked on the Call of Duty series at Troyarch and spent the last year building a team that now boasts over 100 employees. Development on the new IP is in the very early stages, so there's nothing to show uh, so far. However, Blundell promises that it will leave an indelible mark on the industry when it launches and that we're not afraid to say that our ambitions are super high. Uh, We're setting out to make a huge content-rich game with a focus on a lot of action and a lot of energy. Not afraid uh, to say that we're ambitious because that's such a brave thing to say. Well, it's just funny because like, how much of this is just like hype, you know, just trying to get people excited. All of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is this is this the thing that was sorry at summer game? Yeah. They they okay. That was those two guys. Okay. They were they, they considered themselves deviants, and that's why they're deviant games or deviation games. Sorry. All right. <laughs> but former Call of Duty employees, uh, are we expecting a shooter out of these guys? Or more than likely if it's if it's well, I is mean Is that gonna be groundbreaking? I mean, we say that and then they could be sick and tired of shooters and go for something else. So Yeah, for it, sure. You know, it's really too early to tell, I think, in just in general, right? Yeah. Uh surprising though to see a new studio and going in with um with PlayStation right away. Uh I wonder if PlayStation may work reach out to them or I wonder how that happens. Probably the talent, like maybe they have like a thing where they say like, hey, we have all the Call of Duty guys. Is that a th- bargaining chip? Maybe. Like, do you think they sold themselves to PlayStation? Yeah, maybe like where they're like, hey, like we have all these guys. We want to make a shooter or whatever it is behind closed doors. They announce we want to make this or that. And then PlayStation's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, they they talked about how they, they like they really looked at the PlayStation exclusives that are currently being developed or, or have come out in the past. And they want to kind of reach that same status. Um, so if they can do that, that's pretty exciting. Now they're not owned by PlayStation to be clear. I think they're just partnering with them. So that's all we got. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, E3 is this. Well, it'll be last weekend or the weekend. It you're is. listening to this. If you're listening yeah. to on Sunday, um it's tomorrow and tuesday so next week we will have i guess a breakdown of every our thoughts on on e3 and all the other game announcements 
should be pretty exciting. Uh, so we'll see you guys next time. And you can catch Tim doing some cool stuff over there on the Twitch at twitch.tv slash yeah, that figures. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. RPGs and the occasional playthrough of uh, monster dating games, apparently. Is um, right. <laughs> we're doing now. <laughs> played, I don't know if you've ever heard of the game Monster Prom, but it's like a yeah, dating sim. Yeah. Where you're at a high school where all the people there are like werewolves and vampires and ghosts and witches and stuff like that. The writing is actually really well and there's like are really good and uh, there's something like 1400 different outcomes for all the different like events that can happen in the game. So I did a playthrough with a... What is this called? It's called Monster Prom. This is... You've intrigued me. Yeah, it's it's really well written. Um, it's, it's 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 pretty good. I just had this idea to do like to do a playthrough of a of a dating game, but with a friend. And so we like did all the voices of the characters and stuff like that when we played through it. That's great. And uh, it was that it was just a lot of fun. Adorable. So we had a lot of fun with it today. Yeah. So if that's uh, if that's your bag, we're going to be doing that every probably every three weeks or every month or so. Um, just go back to it. Pick a new, pick a new uh, romantic interest. Chase after them. See if we can get them to uh, go to prom with us. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's well done. Uh, and you can also catch Matt and I uh, live on Twitch, attempting to start our Twitch stream. <laughs> that um, was one of those situations <laughs> where we 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 were gonna have a Twitch stream of us trying to set up a Twitch stream. <laughs> <laughs> Because we knew how to like get a live stream going on our phones when we first started, but we couldn't get it working on the consoles, so we were just like, "Man, we should just start streaming us trying to stream." You should you should do a <laughs> Twitch stream of you trying to get a mixer stream going, and then realizing oh, I, that mixer yeah. oh, <laughs> after four hours. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you. Peace. <laughs>